Della Vadova. Della Vadova. Two words. It's Italian. It's um, in Italy. They say Della Vedova. Mm-hmm. Um, it means of the widow. Don't know why. Mm-hmm. Somebody must have died somewhere a long time ago, and Della Vadova became the woman's name because of it, of the widow, and it carried on through tradition. Yeah, that's kind of how it, it works. Like mine's Fitzsimmons, mm-hmm. and it's a son of a, it's a bastard son. Okay. It's really what somebody it, was a bastard son somewhere yeah and then you know and then it and then it i think as time grew it became son of whatever it is so they cut the bastard part but at one point if it was fitz it was son of so bastard son of simon would is what it would be <laughs> that trip that's, that's so uh kingsley you know yeah, yeah. everybody had to know who the bastard was yeah oh funny that's obviously irish Yes. I'm Irish Italian. So I'm like, I'm scared to take the, the test. The 20, everyone's doing the 23 and me's. And I haven't done it. I don't want to do it. I feel like, uh, you're happy with who you are. Yeah. And then I'll, then I'll like, I'll find out that like there's, I'm just an alcoholic and I'm not an alcoholic because I'm Irish. <laughs> <laughs> Without the Irish, you're still, yeah, exactly. you still drink too much. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. You look a little Irish to me, man. That's what I, I think as well. So yeah. Yeah. I'm sure there's Irish in there. Yeah. Maybe Scottish. They, those guys blend up a bit. I think my, my wife, my mom, my wife, my mom's is Tushman. And I think it's a, it's a Swiss German is what it is. So, and I think there could be Irish there. Um, you know, cause there's what, there's two, two families that came together there and there's two families that came in, you know, and then they branch out and dude, anyone thinking they know their heritage without the DNA exactly. samples, give me a fucking break. I think I watched a video and it was like, they did, a video where they brought all these people in this room and then each one of them did the test and they interviewed everyone before and they talked about like what like some of the questions were like what would you not want to be it, it they came out and were like i oh, i couldn't couldn't handle being this there's no way there's no way these fuckers and then they'd bring it back and be like you're actually like 15 percent of those people that you hate burn so every single person is like how can i hate you're hating yourself mm. it was pretty cool pretty cool video and then there ended up being like two people in the in the group that were, were cousins and didn't even know they were cousins that's interesting that 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 test never thought of it that way how it could bring us together it's kind of a kind of showing everybody we all think we're so unique mm-hmm. you know i remember growing up as a tattooer tattooing area codes and zip codes and that I, that need for people to be a part of anything, the seven six zero, even a zip code, yeah, or a, it is yeah, crazy. an area or the code, area code yeah. right? Yeah, uh, that was imp- so important, and uh, yeah, that's cool to think about it that way. That this test reveals to people: look, we're pretty blended up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's <laughs> it's pretty good. I think there's even like a episode of Joe Rogan where he talks about like, oh, you're just shit, you're shit out on this side of the line, yeah. and then your life is different. And when you don't know, your family could be right over that line. You have no fucking idea. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, it really lends itself to lack of judgment. Uh-huh. It's so easy to look at that 
guy that's not doing so great. Maybe he's had it rough and he's hurting a little and what a dirt bag. I, I would never be like that. And yeah. it's like, yeah, cause you were born right there. He was born right there. Yeah. And if you were there, who knows? Yeah, exactly. Oh, I mean, just O side to Carlsbad. Right. O that's side. a big one. O side or no side. Yeah. Those two cultures are it, so funny. It, and we so all close. share the same, the birds in their yards are landing in my yards. Mm-hmm. And I been I lived in Oceanside for 17 years, but where'd you grow up? Well, I started my journey in Iowa. I'm a Midwestern boy. Yeah. A little farm town in Iowa. Um, you know, it deer hunting. Yeah. My, I mean, I went with my dad deer hunting a lot. I was young back then. I never shot deer. We shot a lot of pheasant and quail and it was definitely part of growing up over there and uh eating that that was that was what i, I didn't have store-bought meat till i was probably in the fifth grade you yeah. know everything came out of what we my dad killed or my grandpa killed or what we caught on fishing lines and i'm thankful for it now you know as a kid i thought we were poor right which we probably were <laughs> yeah <laughs> or frugal but you're way. doing it right you know in my eyes you are oh now i pay triple price for that shit <laughs> It was it was the worst back then. Now you're you know I'm ordering it from Hawaii. The grass fed, <laughs> yes, totally. Which is better in my eyes? Well, I meant more wild game. Like, yeah, I love wild game. I have a taste for wild. I always will. Have like, you people, gone uh, bird hunting at all again? No. Is it yet? Yeah, as an adult, you never. No. I'm like recently getting like obsessed with it. Meaning pheasant, quail, all of it, duck. Yeah, duck. Every, I mean, every any kind of bird that I can shoot. <laughs> You probably do grouse. I would love to. Yeah. I, well, my dove. Dog, I got my, yeah, well, doves. Doves really good. The dog part of it for me. Like I have my bird dog and training her and getting her out in the field. That's fun as fuck. That's cool. What We used dogs when I was in Iowa. What kind of dog you got? She's a uh, Vishla German Shorthair Pointer mix. She was a breeder. She came from a breeder, a Vishla breeder that had a mess, like a mix up bre- uh, litter pretty much. The hit one of his vishlas got a gsp pregnant and then he didn't want to sell it full price hunting dog so i got the dog for 50 bucks and she's amazing interesting yeah that's interesting did it, anyone tell you that that mix might hunt no, i just assume vishlas, i assume what do they do they're not hunting dogs. they are they oh are. they are yeah they're bird dogs yeah i didn't know that a lot of people don't think that but they are they're very good very good bird dogs did not know that and they love to like please their owners and do whatever they ask and they're um, they're so easy to train so the combo so that yes yeah, so you got this like bird drive from this gsp that is like you know just crazy wired to find birds with this vishla that's got this drive to to please you might and, be the magic combo hey i don't think i could ever find that dog again honestly like she's she's you that could good breed them and i was totally comfortable with getting her because it came from a breeder that had been doing it for 30 years for vishlas and i knew the dad was good and the the mom came from like a trial dog so she was they were good dogs and i was looking to get a bird dog and i also don't care like if it didn't hunt i was like okay well it can fish with me you know it can cruise around it's not that big a deal well and you know blends you know mutts some people always say oh they're better you know I've, I've noticed it yeah. I mean you have a high risk of problems when you do these purebred dogs yeah. they, they come up with all kinds of weird shit sometimes I like to think that the, the guys that are doing it for hunting are, are doing it on a level where they're, they're caring about where the dogs where the lineage is coming from because they don't want that 
that mix right. being so close. But it, I mean, they are. No matter what, they're somewhat of a mix. You know, together they cousin in there somewhere. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that that's been a lot of fun. Well, that's cool. It. We share a little bit of that in common. You're, you yeah. know, I grew up in that culture and you're getting into that culture. Yeah, I'm definitely getting into it now. I've always liked it. Like I always had a friend that was about it and I, I followed what he was doing, but I never like indulged in it like I am now. That's rad. Yeah. And plus you get to bring home food. Oh yeah. That's amazing. Real food. Yeah. Not processed. But yeah, I want to do grouse and all that up in Montana and yeah. Hell so yeah. how long have you been tattooing for? Let's get straight into that. Oof. <laughs> I say 30 years. It's probably 29 something. I don't know. Really? Yeah. Somewhere in that range. But just call it 30. Did you get your start uh, as an apprentice or like how did you get into what yeah. you're doing? Yeah. I mean, okay. We have to go back 30 years. Yeah. And, and some of us, I mean, heck, you would have been 13 years old, but it was a different planet. You know, mm-hmm. getting into the tattoo industry was sketchy you know and I, I i grew up in a middle class family in a quiet little town outside of las vegas boulder city nevada by lake mead you know really um conservative upbringing and i was a punk rock kid i had my issues i was definitely a rebel and knew that i wanted to fight the system and i had certain energy like that that was always in me and i was an artist too my whole life but um you getting into the tattoo industry was shocking for me. You know, I grew up quick, you know, there was life and death shit happening around me, or at least I perceived it to be at the time. And, uh, yeah. So I did three different apprenticeships. I mean, first guy ripped me off for two grand, only money I had, you know, second guy by the end of three months, wanted to hunt me down, cut off my hands, said he was a hell's angel. Maybe he was, I still don't know. This is in, Was this in Vegas? <laughs> yeah. Both those were in Vegas. That's when you started out. That's how I started out. That was after my, I did five and a half years in the Coast Guard. I got out of high school, went in the Coast Guard. I tried college, but it wasn't going to happen for me. Went in the Coast Guard, and uh, it was great. You know, it was it was just the thing I probably needed at the time to shake out that little rebel boy that thought he could fight the world and realized it's better to play with the system, with it, than to find ways around it. Mm-hmm. And so that was a great lesson for me. I'm incredibly thankful for those years. But when I got out, I needed to go back to art. And I thought tattooing would be just be a job to go to art school. And so I got into it. And I'd been tattooed in the military and saw the dudes that were running the shops. And I thought, these guys, I don't know, man. I bet you I could do pretty good, you know. And But started I mean, my first tattoo. It hit me like a lightning bolt. I'm like, I'm never leaving this is it. I'm not going to art school. None of this is happening. Um, and here I still am. Damn. And were you already like drawing and my whole life? You've always were whole life. Yeah. I wish I fucking did. I, like, am I always like, I, I, I don't get to do what you do that. Yeah. Well, not to diss you at all for what you do. I mean, you're, yeah. you're an artist, you're an artisan. It's, I'm like, I love the crafts trades and I consider tattooing a craft trade mm-hmm. with, fine art blended into it but mm-hmm. as a person in that field i have nothing but respect for all craftsmen you know right and the attention we all have to give to our craft and the time and the hour that's really the only training for crafts there's no book you're going to read that's no. going to make you better at it yeah so um but we do get something maybe you don't and it is these long extended periods of time alone with not a whole lot to do mm-hmm. the person is in pain um it creates a level of vulnerability in people that 
I mean, I know you already get people pouring their hearts out to you as a, yeah. as a, and we're not even, put, <laughs> they're not in pain. Right. You do that. They're comfy. So now they're really dumping their shit. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, you can hit, you know, acupuncture place and you could hit a place in a person's body that they just suddenly start crying. They mm-hmm. don't even know why. And it's just like with acupuncture. So I, I just accidentally released some kind of endorphin or dorphin or energy block possibly. Right. Yeah. I've had that happen several times in my career. But yeah, you end up with these really intimate, intimate relationships. And in my, what I do, large body suits, I mean, people I work 300, 400 hours of tattooing on that person over the period of five, six years. I mean, the bond is deep. It sort of reminds me, I never went to war, but it sort of reminds me of a couple of people that maybe spent some time in the trenches because we did. I mean, 350, 400 hours of tattooing, some of it in the most painful spots in the entire body, six, seven hour sessions at a time, two, three days in a row. I mean, these guys are going through, girls and guys are going through some of the heaviest shit they've ever done. It's mm-hmm. gnarly. They are really looking to you to support them and help them and be there for them and of course, I'm the type of guy who does that. I'm not just there to do a great tattoo on you. I'm there to be supportive and give my energy to you. I know you're in a dark place. What can I do to help? And and this creates a bond that's um, very unique, you know. For sure. Yeah, it's cool. It's probably one of the things I value most after 30 years is those relationships. The portfolio is great. My accolades are great. My success in the tattoo industry, it's all great. But when I look at the thing that will probably matter the most, it'll be the relationships I created over those years with those people. Yeah, I've definitely built a relationship or friendships with tattoo artists that have tattooed me over and over again. What you do with the big back pieces, big side pieces. Like when did you start doing that big of pieces? Because not everyone does that. No, no. And my story would be like, okay, I get in the tattoo industry. It's the um, early nineties. At that time it was, you know, it was just the end of fine line. I don't know how many people remember that, but it was like, you know, before that people been doing like sailor style tattoos, traditional Mm -hmm. tattoos, but the culture of the guys that were doing it weren't highly trained. So a lot of these things are turning out really muddy and blobby and, Suddenly, that becomes the most uncool thing you can possibly get in the early 90s. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants the opposite of that. They want fine line. They want portraits. Chicano style. They do. Script. Yep. Well, not where I I was working in Oregon at the time. Okay. And then I moved, went to Southern California, which, weirdly enough, down here, you would think we would have had a lot of that. But for right. whatever reason, we didn't. Mm-hmm. But that was happening in L.A. and other places, for sure. And uh, so that's what's happening when I get in. And, of course, I'm doing a lot of that because i got to learn to tattoo. But I'm also looking around, what's going on? Who are the leaders of my industry? And I have this dream of, you know, like anything I do, I I like to push it to the extreme. And I'm like, what's the most extreme shit going on? And there was probably a lot of people doing extreme stuff. But I found this guy named Philip Liu. I I really locked on to his work, um, body suits, taking a body as the entire canvas and designing it to fit the body as a whole composed piece uh this was groundbreaking to me i mean we'd seen it in japanese work mm-hmm. um the, the yakuza and traditional japanese. traditional japanese and that was bitching but i was never really attracted to doing that type of work um and then philip comes along and he's doing japanese themes but it's done in this totally progressive way the way that they would never do it before they would look probably look down on it right I mean, I don't know in the beginning. Like some if, of the guys that did the traditional Japanese, would they look down on that I'm style? sure there were ones that did. Yeah. But Philip was so powerful, until still is today, that 
the world just you know, buckled under his weight because he is a prodigy. I mean, later you'll have to look him up. I mean, I'm the, definitely. I, I haven't heard of his name before. So he's a, and he's because he doesn't. He's one of these guys doesn't care about publicity. I don't even know if he has an Instagram. He's just like I'm over here in Switzerland. If you can figure out who I am, come see me. Here it is. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, but he did this thing in Tattoo Magazine. I saw it and I and I just remember it was like uh, you know one of those moments where the, the the part you know the clouds parted and. And it clicked. I'm like, that's, that's, I thought that's the future. That's the most extreme thing a tattoo artist can do. It's what I thought. And because I thought that, and I was attracted towards that aesthetic, I couldn't do it that, that day. I knew it would take years, but I'm like, that's where I'm taking myself. I need to go that direction. And that's how, you know, where I am today, which is a large format tattooer. I only do, you know, you know, I don't even do sleeves. It's like, give me an arm and half the leg, you know, chest and down the leg. And those are the projects I do now and have for the last 15 years. Um, and that's what got me here doing the type of work I do. Not, not to be clear that what I do is better because it really can sound that way. Like, Oh, I don't do the, I don't do the little um, collectible tattoos. It's you know? just, it's what you enjoy. It's what I enjoy. Yeah. And I actually, I fucking love, I miss the days where I could sit down and do a jammer. And I'm actually doing more of them nowadays. And on this show I'm starting, I'll be doing I, them. I have, I have questions about that for sure. <laughs> but because I'm kind of coming full circle, you know, I went mm-hmm. through this big pattern and, and, and just the pure labor of large bodysuit work is starting to toll me. You know, I'm t- it's taking its toll. Because it's like at least six hours at least. per session. Yep. And it's, and it's not like working on a, a putting something on your forearm. It's trying to get ink in the crease of the butt cheek that leads behind the balls down to the fucking thigh. And it's the hardest work you'll ever do because the person's in agony. Uh, The skin isn't flat and tight. There's no position you can fucking find that gets you where you need to be besides putting in doggy style or some creepy shit. So you just end up getting on top of people and forcing their flesh around and grinding and they're having to stand up at points standing up and arching over and they're fucking tripping. And so it's hard work. It's really hard work. It's worth it. Cause I think the end result's pretty special, but, um, I still got a lot of big projects to finish and I'll still do a few more over the next 10 years, pet projects, but those years are winding down. Yeah. I was going to ask you what style, I mean, I've looked at your work for sure, but, I like if someone was to say like if someone hey what what style tattooing does he do large format illustrative okay okay that this is before neo trad hit okay and my early work wasn't neo trad it was more new school and then you thrown in those like the Japanese style waves and the dark dark pits and swirls like there's still there's some there's some still Japanese in there Japanese tradition that's in there totally yeah not on every piece I do but on many yeah and uh yeah, so it's a fusion of all those things, right? All this, you know, I needed to lean on Japanese because Japanese understood how to cover bodies and create composition that wasn't too busy. Mm-hmm. The new school guys were trying to fill every inch of a tattoo with lime green and yellow and wow, look at how bright and snazzy it is. Well, that's great on a calf. Cover a guy's body with it. Yeah, he's got a three hundred dollar or three hundred hour bodysuit just turned into a thousand hour bodysuit. It's not even feasible. I mean, maybe for somebody it is, and I've seen them done. But you know, there's a practicality to large format tattooing. Yeah, you have to get efficient, and you're. It's not just efficiency on how fast you can put ink and skin, 
that's one level you know your, your proficiency as a as a technical person who knows how to run his needles and his inks to move ink quick and get it done there's also the design aspect you have to design it in such a way that it looks good looks good from a distance but also isn't going to absorb too much time to cover these areas of the body which are massive um and that is the trick and it's the hardest part and it's the part i still work on <laughs> yeah i mean you have one that i i had seen on your on your page i think it was on a girl's back and it was like this big face coming down from her shoulder yeah i know that piece. and like the oranges and golds that you put in there they're not just on the face but they're they're also on the other part and i I'm, i wish i could pull it up right now because i that i don't know what else is on. i that. know the exact piece you're talking yeah. about yep so you have the same color on the on the base of her body like the bottom left of her back and that same color is kind of transitioning into her face and i looked at that piece and i was like whole like holy shit like the color you use is it's very vibrant but it's not like destroying her entire back because a color can do that or too many colors yes right so using you know the thing i've learned about large format tattooing is pretend you're doing a tattoo that's five inches by five inches how would you do it? Mm -hmm. You know, you probably wouldn't use 15 colors. You'd use probably three and it doesn't change when you cover guys neck to his kneecaps. Mm -hmm. And that's the trick. I then trust me, I I've fucked that up. Yeah. But you learn it because when you, you know, cause when you have that much space, a guy's neck to his kneecaps, the tendency for some artists, especially myself is to look at all this space. Look at all these inks I own. Oh, the purple here. You start just going, going through the range. Yeah. yeah, and it's it's a good idea if you look at each individual piece inside that big landscape. The guy walks away, and it's, for me, and this is all opinions, by the way. Oh, but oh yeah, always. My opinion is it's too busy. Mm -hmm. It just needs, and they, these Neotrad guys are nailing it. Yeah. They, are, they figured out today, starting their careers, what it took me 15 years to figure out. So they're starting from that point on. And they'll carry the torch from this point forward. Yeah. But I, and I still struggle. I have my old habits. I want to put more, I'm an old new school guy, like more color here, more color there. So I, my art has become an art of reduction. Yeah. I, I, all I do is try to, when I look at art now, I go, what can be taken away? The idea with art is always, what can I build? What can I create? What can I add? Mm -hmm. And now it's like, okay, what can I, what cannot be there? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, even like the last, last one I got, I just got one on my shin. We ended up doing a random walk-in at a shop in Oceanside, and I've I've never done that. I've actually, out of all the tattoos I have, I've never walked into a shop and said, "I'll take that one off the wall." And then uh, the guy that was tattooing me who ended up being really cool and knowing people I have been tattooed by and had worked with Bob Roberts and oh shit Mike Brown, I think, and great stories. But he was like talking shit and about the like, oh, there's my new school and. <laughs> there's there's he added two different yellows and he was talking shit about the new school shit because yeah. you know and i don't even know what i'm i'm just hearing about it and now i'm hearing you talk about it the same way and there's a lot of nuances in there oh yeah yeah, yeah and we know them because we lived it but you know people love to talk shit on new school i mean new the thing is though as a a, a, a big new school artist in the early 90s people got to remember like there was a need for something new, mm -hmm. okay? The old school, traditional stuff, 
was there, but nobody was into it. Nobody wanted it. We all had to pay our bills. Mm-hmm. You want to sit around and put e- eagles on the wall and daggers? Great. You're going to starve to death. Mm-hmm. I'm stoked it's back because I love those tattoos. Mm-hmm. And I think they represent a traditional aspect of tattooing and a technical aspect of tattooing that is just fucking genius. It will never go away. But there was no money to be made when in those in those years. So people started reinventing like, oh, I got a new style of tattoo. You've never seen this before. Look at this shit. But that, and it, we made a ton of mistakes and it's laughable now. I mean, even my own portfolio, I look back in those years and I'm embarrassed. You know, mm-hmm. I share it because I'm confident enough to be like, yeah, look at it. You know, that happened. So, I mean, that's the time period, you know, it's, it's, it is it's, what it is. It's where like, we were. Yeah, exactly. I mean, when fucking Miami Ink came out on, uh, on the TV and everyone wanted it to be sentimental and and that type of shit like there, you can't control what the fad that happens you can't you just can't control it and if you're in the industry you got to make a living and you're you do what you do pinterest but became the, a thing. Point, the point i was going to make though is that stepping stone the new school mm-hmm. stepping stone that i was a part of mm-hmm. you know the neo trad artists that are killing it today and i believe they have found the true balance of what we were trying to do mm-hmm. in the early 90s They've matured, they've watched what we did work, what didn't work, and they've now made this new genre of art that is neo-trad that is fucking, it's really perfect in certain ways. It's so, but without, in other words, these steps have to occur and none of them, no one's wrong in that chain of events. They all had to be there. Right. So I was happy to, I guess, be a part of it and I mean, grow through it. Who doesn't look back on a tattoo that they have and go, like they remember that that time and era, and they're not going to be like. I mean, some people are like, I'm definitely going to get that tattooed off or lasered off me. But most, like, I look at most of my stuff, and I, you know, I got my last name across my stomach, and that was my first tattoo. And I don't look back and go like, I'm going to take that off because it's not cool anymore. Like that's just where I was. That's a good point. They are fingerprints in our lives for sure. And for from that perspective, they're all perfect. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah, like. I remember when someone asked me, like, what are you going to do when you're a grandparent and your kids are, you know, and I'm like, or, you know, when you're old, I'm like, who who gives a shit when I'm old anyways? I'm going to be wrinkly. And some of my favorite tattoos that I've seen are on old dudes and their arms and it's like blown out and I can still kind of see what it is. Yeah. You know, it's like an Elmer Fudd on someone's, some Marine's arm or something. And you're like, that's fucking cool. Yeah, it is. It is. It's a, a life well lived. And it seems like, you I know? feel like the new school guys at the time when it was new and like you said, the colors were too many and all blown out. Like, they can now do what I can't do and they can get a blast over and black and it looks fucking cool as shit. Like it doesn't make a difference, you know, like there's always something that good that comes out of all the fuckeries, you know, it is. It's so true. And it's a beautiful story from a bird's eye perspective, the whole way it all grew, you know, America was maturing and we were just babies with tattooing. We got it from Japan during world war two and just made it a circus gimmick. Mm -hmm. You know, thugs and whoever was just slinging ink to make a buck and that that whole scene. And that was beautiful in its way because without that, people can diss that. But without that, it where would be today? That, that part had to happen. Then um, new school had to happen. Mm-hmm. And then people started reflecting back and that's when traditional came back. Mm-hmm. And the San Francisco guys especially were like, you know what, fuck all this new school. We're going back to the roots. And they started doing traditional Japanese and traditional Americana. 
still do most of them up that way. Yeah, American traditional for sure. What's that? Uh, Dan Santoro. Have you seen his? I watched like a, a Vice episode on him, and it was just like all they do is that pick it off the wall and you get it. And I love that. Jim. I do too. And that that's a cu- coming back. I mean, you just did it. Yeah, I did. It's fun. It was a lot of fun. Dude, that is such a fun way to get a tattoo. It was a lot of fun. Instead of this, call for your appointment. Yeah. Your deposit. I mean, I still have an appointment, you know, <laughs> you with someone. I want to do it. You know, I have something I want on my hand, which is a big, important piece. But I have plenty of space where I can just walk in and be like, oh, can we just fill that? Like, let's just, what, how about this, you know? Some of my favorite tattoos are horrible. Mm-hmm. And they were done with friends in weird places. What about weird that one on your, on your ankle? <laughs> I must. I told you. You about did. That last yeah. Time. I like. Well, for that. those of you listening, I like that. It just so happens I have a French jellyfish on my ankle. <laughs> That's what I tell my kids. It's actually dick and balls. It's French jellyfish. <laughs> They're like, "What is that, Dad?" I'm like, "It's a French jellyfish." Uh, it's great. It's so good. <laughs> It was a, that's kind of a long story. Me yeah. and my son in a cabin in Montana, <laughs> drinking whiskey, ripping tats on each other. And I dared him to do anything and close my eyes. And it looks good though. Like I actually, <laughs> I like, I like it. I think it looks great, but those, it's a story to it. You know, it's Harry. Harry well, that's my sack, point. Yeah. The story sometimes can outweigh the yeah. quality of the tattoo. Yeah. And that's, that's why both are great. You know, you want to go book an art, you know, book with an artist. It's a two year wait and get the most beautiful tattoo and face of the earth and win every award at every convention. I love you. You want to go get drunk with your friends and go get a dick on your ankle. I love you. Like yeah. they both, both have, where's more value? Yeah. It's all the same. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, man, people like to talk shit in the tattoo industry for sure. Well, it, like uh, right now, I feel like there's a between rotary and, and coil machines I've been seeing. <laughs> and I don't even tattoo. Like I just know from being around it and seeing it. And now it feels like it's popping up on social media. Like every other day, someone's talking about why they're using a rotary machine. Oh, God. And I and I know this to be true. Yeah. I just have never played uh-huh. that game. That got know? into it, you mean? Never got into it. Yeah. There's no need to. What does it matter? Like if, if you're going to tattoo someone... Most of the people that are getting tattooed don't get, they don't fucking care what you're using. Well, they, no, they don't. I think the argument more has to do with tattooers arguing about tradition. Some, but the arguments I hear have to do more with what, what's the better tool. Like we're here to do a job. This is the better tool. It's going to last longer. It's going to be cleaner. That's going to blow out more or less. So it's tech, it's technical arguments. I don't know. I personally don't know anybody that's like, you should get tattooed by a coil machine because it's tradition. Yeah. Because frankly speaking, the rotary is the older machine. Is it? Oh, yeah. The first tattoo machines were made out of clock motors. So if you really wanted to get into it and say, like, what's more traditional? You could argue that. I mean, mm-hmm. there's debate around it because they were also taking the bells out of clocks, which were tick, 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 tick. Mm-hmm. And they made rotary, or, I'm sorry, coils out of those. But they were taking the round motor. They were making both. Yeah. So this argument that, you know, the coil has been used longer in a larger sense. But this argument about which came first, I think, is, you know, it's too close to call and it's not even worth talking about. I mean, you could go to like the Polynesia style or Polynesian where. Why aren't you hand tapping? Yeah, why are you tapping it? (laughs) Right. You really want to be tradition. Yeah. Get your fucking, you know, or just get a little stick out of the fire and rub some fucking ash in it. Yeah, now we're tradition. But, uh. But yeah, so I think it 
the argument has a little bit more to do with which which equipment is going to perform it's, the task. It's more between tattooers and and they're they're like yeah, what's going to do better? Yeah. It's just so weird that it's such a strong argument that's happening. Because I mean, like we I use tools, you know, and we we talk about what tools, but I don't look at someone differently because they use a different tool than me. Yeah. I mean, I have created, a, I've owned my shop for 20 years and I've been very careful to curate a crew that people that do a lot of that, I, I don't bring around as mm-hmm. much. It's just, I don't know. It's it's just not what I'm interested in. Yeah. I'm interested in so many other things in tattooing, the, the spiritual aspect of tattooing, the the composition of tattooing, the relationship between the artist and the client. I mean, I'm, so when people get into this argument about coil this, that, blah, I just get yeah. bored. And it's not that I don't, they can do it. It's fine. And there are guys that make machines that probably should be having that debate. Yeah. We need people that are looking into the technical aspects of needles and equipment and figuring it out for guys like me. We need it to be good, yeah. Or you need it to be good. I need it to be good. Yeah. But I'm not going to build a machine. Yeah. I mean, do guitar players build guitars? Some, maybe. But rarely, yeah. Rarely. And I've always said that. I'm like, I'm a, I'm a guitar. I have no interest in making the stuff. I did when I, when I was a young tattoo. You had to. You couldn't buy the shit. Yeah. You had to- I, I've built coil machines. I've built my own needles. Or I be able to work on your, your machines. And work on your equipment. Yeah. And uh, I don't teach my apprentices that anymore. I mean, I ask them if they want to learn it. I go, if you really are interested in traditional techniques, I know them. I can teach you. But you will not need it unless you go to prison or the World War Three happens and you're living out in a village somewhere and you got to make a fucking machine out of a clock. Yeah. Until then, we have super good equipment you get it from these from the pros that make it for a living it works great same with the ink and let's i'm more interested in talking about creating the art which you know just get the good stuff and start making art with it Mm -hmm. Um, but that's just me and that's not saying everyone should be that way i have a lot of respect for the old timers that really enjoy those traditions i'm glad they're keeping it alive it's just never been a big interest of mine i mean they should be there i feel like you know like they should be there and even like in my shop now like i i understand i agree with the way i feel like i you and i have the same mindset on that when it comes to owning a shop maybe because my first and foremost is like the atmosphere that i create here right i want you to come in here enjoy yourself a haircut's a fucking haircut for us for sure like yes the haircut can be better and it should be better. You know, the whole experience creates that and makes it a better experience. Like if this person, this barber here is caring about what they do, the barber next to him is going to see that and then continue. And then the next and the next, but also the way we treat our clients when someone walks in, how we, how we speak to them. And I think you've seen that when you come in the shop and how we hold ourselves that I would prefer to go to a, sh- a tattoo shop that does the same. Hundred percent, and one of the reasons I get my hair cut here. Yeah, I love the vibe. Loved your vibe when I first met you. Love Carlos' vibe, and, and you're right. You you know, creating this soup of people that create that synergy, mm-hmm. I think is the most important thing for a successful business, um, any business, but especially a barber shop, especially these intimate service businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, where we we live together. I mean, you live with these boys. Yeah, you're, I you're, live with mine. You're with them as much or more as your family. In an intimate way, too. It's not like we're in cubicles typing on computers. That's a little different. We're involved with each other conversationally. Everyone's in the room talking. We're learning about each other. We're mm. ta- 
I mean, if you don't get that synergy right, that's a recipe for destruction in a tattoo shop or a barber shop or probably a lot of other businesses. But um, yeah, it's been my major focus for my my place too. You know, and you've been you have two shops now. I have two. Yeah. Has that changed anything on the way of the way you run things, or do you choose like one shop you work at? Like, do you only work at one, or do you work at both? Kind of get to feel for it. I work at both. You know, it's it's important. I mean, the one in Pacific Beach is the original one. It's been there for twenty years, and the one in Little Italy has been there for nine or ten years. I have to think about it, but. I go to both. I mean, they're, they're, all my buds work at both these places. I got to see everybody, you know, mm-hmm. but I do end up in little Italy more just because a lot of my clients fly in the airports, right? It's just easier, way easier. Yeah. And that's where this new, we'll get to it later, but this new production studio I built is at that shop. Be there. So I've been there a lot lately just because I got a lot to do over there. I mean, I remember the Pacific beach. That was like my, my second tattoo was down the street at uh, Avalon. I used to work there. For oh, really? Years. You might have, Hell, uh, when'd you get it? Oh, uh, shit. More than not. Well, no, it wouldn't have been me because you're, I left there 20 years ago, 23 years ago. Yeah. So no, I was, I was eight, 19 probably when I got my, Yasek Minkowski was the guy that did. I know Yasek. Yeah. So I did, worked with Yasek. Yeah, so I probably was there. He did my, this sleeve here. No shit. Yeah. I I, seen dude, I really him. enjoyed him too. He was super cool to talk to. Like we were. Yeah had a bunch in common with surfing and photography and he was he was a cool dude and now i think i don't know if he's he was up at mom's i think up in san francisco and i don't know where he's at now i saw him at a convention maybe 10 years ago yeah and uh he was a trippy dude yeah no he was on his own wavelength yeah he was super cool like i feel like he really uh so my first tattoo was at 454 and that shop didn't really push me in a direction of like the mindset of what tattooing is in my mind now. Whereas like Yasek, I feel like it's so weird. Every time I say his name, it feels like it's, I'm saying it wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yat- it's it. I always said Yas. Yas- no, it's J A C E K. Yeah. Yasek. Yasek. Yeah. yeah. I think he was Eastern European German. Yeah. Something. No, no. Like, Polish, maybe Polish. I should know this. I know this. Minkowski. Actually. Minkowski is his last name. Well, maybe Polish. Maybe. I don't know. But either way, he like I feel like the way he it was my first taste of like that tattoo artist that like spoke his mind, like talking shit about little things and being excited about the artistic parts in his life and like not really caring about the tattooing part and just like creating that environment. And that was that first like taste of Okay, I want to be around this. I enjoy this well, atmosphere. And, and Avalon at the in those years you're talking about mm-hmm. was the shop doing that. Really? Oh, they broke ground on that. That was my, you know, that's why I moved to San Diego from an apprenticeship I was doing in Oregon. What wow. a small world. Yeah, yeah, well, I was I was going to leave tattooing. Mm-hmm. I'd been through so much I don't want to say trauma, but just crazy shit had happened that I'm like, I don't know if I can do it. Like these people are too gnarly and mm-hmm. I just don't want to be around violence. I don't want to be around drama. Does it even exist? So I sent out applications to like the five top tattoo shops in the nation that I learned from magazines. One of them was Avalon and uh, I got the job at Avalon and that's why I went there. And that shop was the most progressive shop in all of California in those years. Mm-hmm. And that's probably why you got that vibe from Yasek because you know, Patty Kelly, who owned it at the time, and Fit Buchanan, who still owns Avalon, too. One of my greatest yeah, mentors. Yeah, I remember those names. Um, great guy. Great people. Thank you, guys. for. I mean, they were like a huge 
bridge from where I was coming from with the all the bullshit to professional tattooing. So I owe a huge debt of gratitude to those guys. But they were the ones doing it at the time. Nobody, nobody was doing. It. I mean, maybe there was, but I had looked, and I, I mean, maybe other parts of the country, but around here, especially in L.A. down, nobody was doing it like that. You know, where they were encouraging expression, they were encouraging art. They, they were like paint on your off time, be an artist, learn how to oil paint. Like what? Who the fuck? No, nobody I'd ever worked for before even cared about that. Like, mm-hmm. Fucking tattoo kid, you know, but. That's interesting. You got that vibe at that time because that's oh, what for they sure. were all about. Yeah, that's, that's cool. crazy. That's cool. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's where I started my career in San Diego, Avalon. That's six awesome. years with Avalon. Um, I did some time over at Avalon too with FIP and back and forth between mm-hmm. the two, and eventually um, moved on. With what you're creating now, you're going to do the podcast. Podcast. I mean, we say podcast, easy to say, but it's a really trying to make a YouTube show. I mean, there's just so much visual to it, right? Right. I'm going to tattoo people. So, are you going to have any like audio only, or is it all going to be video? We are going to do audio only as well. Okay, Um, that's got to be kind of difficult though, because it's going to be a big section where you're tattooing. Yep. Well, the big the section where I yes, but the section where I where I tattoo will be. You know, be uh, what's that called when they fast forward? You know, when it goes quick, um, time lapse. Time lapsed. So they're going to do that for that. Yeah, it'll be like, hey, so we're doing this. The conversation part happens, and then the stencil goes on, and then and then boom, it's done. And then we're back to this part, mm-hmm. the audio part. Hey, mm-hmm. how was how was it having your Adam's apple tattooed, my friend? Tell me about that. You know, and we can extrapolate a little bit about that. Mm-hmm. I mean, the show is intended to be all about meeting someone and tattooing them that will occur on the show but it's more about meeting great people who are tattooed who love tattoos who i can talk to them about their life and their experience and um, what their tattoos might have meant to them or screw the tattoos like what are you doing Not even what, talk tell about me about it. the book you wrote you know right. and sometimes i tattoo them sometimes i will, will be tattooed sometimes i'll bring in a tattoo artist and i'll be kind of in the middle of the two people just creating conversation yeah that's cool and then that tattooer can tattoo that person because maybe they want something i don't do maybe they want a portrait i don't do portraits and so we're we're gonna have a bunch of these we're gonna mix it all up but i mean there'll be episodes where i'll just talk to a buddhist monk and there'll be no tattoos we don't have to talk about tattooing but we really got to get it out there and see what feels right for me and for people you know we're just gonna try all of it and see what works i think that's a good uh a good way to do it where you're just kind of open to any, any aspect of being able to tattoo and talk. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to talk a lot while I'm tattooing. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, uh, the concept it, of getting tattooed and having the conversations, you know? Yeah, I do. I, I mean, I hope it, I hope people find it interesting. I mean, I just feel like, I think there's a, a spiritual aspect, a emotional aspect. Uh, there's just something about tattooing that's extremely special that isn't being talked about on these television shows like Ink Masters. Yeah. Stuff. They're just going straight to performance. Like, who's going to do the best such and such, you know, whatever. Fucking <laughs> goddamn. Every day, dude, there's a different <laughs> fucker. Someone just walked by and hit the window on the barbershop. That's, that's what we're talking about. <laughs> that's right. We're keeping it real over yeah. here. Every day, man. Oh, He's shit. still out there having fun. I mean, as long as he doesn't break my window, I'm good. That would have sucked. Well, that would have been a good episode, though. It would have been gnarly. 
<laughs> this is right where my painting, the the painting of the good company is on the window. He's still out there. Oh, he's having a little party. Yeah, yeah where were we? <laughs> <laughs> we're like we're like all looking at like the waiting way. to see what's gonna happen. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, where where was I? Oh oh, the sh- I think the show, the show. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, talking about oh this yeah this. I just want to try to find a way to. You guys love that. Just just roll with us here. We're 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 not, we don't do this shit in some high rise. Yeah, exactly. you know, we didn't land here by helicopter. This is how the real stuff happens. Dude on crack. That's probably fentanyl though. It's usually fentanyl. Maybe a combo. Yeah, crack fentanyl. What do they call that? Like crafac? Yeah. The newest shit. Have you tried crafac? Oh shit! Uh, it's fucked up. But yeah, I don't know. Hopefully, we can. I can um, help open up this doorway to the beauty of tattooing that people that are tattooed know about. But some people who maybe um, aren't tattooed or haven't had an intimate experience with that art form might not know so much about. Yeah, it's more than just the the perfection of the tattoo and everything. It's it more. It's more than that. It is. It is. And what the tat? Why are you getting this tattoo? What? What? Ha- where? And the stories of people and how they end up in that chair. You know, it, I think it could be intimate and interesting. And um, yeah, that's 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 the goal of the show. So we'll see. I think. Yeah, I think that's good because there's a lot of people that will like. They they talk about how it's how what's it mean to you, right? And which it, that's I think that's a great thing to to get tattooed always. You know, like. I can probably make up a reason why I got why I got a tattoo, whether it's this specific tattoo means something to me or something in my life. But all at the same time, there's also tattoos I got where they don't mean anything, and it's okay that it doesn't mean anything. And the experience of getting it meant something, and you know that that conversation that you have with the tattoo artist, like we had just we talked, you know, we just talked over and over about you know that ambiance and what what goes on within the tattoo shop and everything. Well, and like you said, though, the one that didn't mean anything meant mm-hmm. the experience. Yeah, it was great. It's yeah. so, like there's meaning always. Oh, yeah. And the only time tattoos, the meaning maybe doesn't work out is when you're in an environment where you're being tattooed by someone you're not comfortable with. When it's it, not good. In yeah. an environment you're not comfortable with. And, and I warn people of that because, I mean, the thing is, a tattoo is energy in your body. I mean, if you look at a tattoo and remember the creepy dude that was tattooing you, well, every morning when you're brushing your teeth, you get you creepy dude vibes. You see it, yeah. And so that's where you got to be careful. Like, maybe you find an artist that doesn't give you the fucking best tattoo on earth. Fine. Mm-hmm. But they were sweet and nice, and you guys had a good conversation. A good conversation, That yeah. tattoo will never haunt you. No, I mean, yeah. you might improve it later because it's not the cleanest piece of art on earth. But the real fear is the the bad experience tattoo, and... And that's something I'm real sensitive to in my years because I've worked at shops where that shit went down. And I just, it broke my heart to see people in that vulnerable position and a dude just not giving a fuck on his phone, acting bothered, annoyed, almost like you are a fucking annoyance. Yes, I'll finish your tattoo, but (laughs) only because I fucking have to. And you can see the poor, you know, 24 year old girl laying on the table just big eyed like never been in that situation in her life it's 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 but there is it does go both ways in a sense where there are people that like i feel like i i do have people will ask me like where should i go get tattooed 
like you have tattoos where do i go and i'm like well what do you want like i don't know who you should go to like you can't go just go to my artist you might go ask for a neo-traditional or a you a know, portrait a portrait i don't know what you want yeah like how am i supposed to answer that question for you like and all i can ever say is like you're lucky instagram's here because now you can find an artist yeah. i'm like here go to this shop and I, whatever tell them is like this is where i go they every single person that you walk into there is they're good people and you walk in and they're gonna you go this is what i want and they're gonna direct you to the person that's gonna do it your best that's all i can tell you 100 percent. you know and, and that uh wasn't always a thing <laughs> was never a thing well yeah having a shop you could trust everyone in it and just go to yeah it's it's now it is a thing now well we walked like when we walked in to go that that thing like all three of us got tattooed and every one of us had a a comfortable experience and each artist had out of three artists had the ability to do the tattoos that were presented to them and it was like that was crazy well you guys were all getting traditional right yes that's where it gets tricky when you well, get into genres and we also like, have a mindset of like, what's going to be the best thing, better thing to do off of wall, you know, to like, which is usually traditional. Yes. You're not picking portraits or yes. fine line weird. You know, they, they don't put that shit on a wall for reasons. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, and that works. But uh, when you get into like specialty tattoos and fine line tattoos or micro tattoos or portraits and all this weird shit. Yeah. You're, you're really, you, you got to find the people that do this do that yeah there's a, a fine line for the the fine line tattoo artist too like it is oh it's a fine they line. are not many that do it yeah they're not many and it could be fucked up real quick <laughs> yeah <laughs> there's no room for error on them no i mean i won't touch them it's insane I'm, yeah yeah i have guys that, that can do them you know a mm-hmm. feather the size of your pinky nail mm-hmm. in light gray ink just looks like it's dancing on your skin you know yeah um I mean, as an older guy in the industry, I used to think that stuff was bullshit. But you know, as I get older, I'm like, I mean, fuck. It, it's cool looking. Yeah. And oh, it's going to be a blob in 20 years. I'm like, well, it's fucking one inch tall. Yeah. When it's a blob in 20 years, if the person even gives a fuck, it, in 20, they can cover it up real easy. In 20 years. <laughs> right. Like 20 fucking years. Yeah. I, I guess my point maybe to what I just said is, I'm as I get older, I'm more just like be happy, guys. Yeah. Just don't do stupid shit. Don't do like outwardly dumb tattoos that are just train wrecks. Mm-hmm. But if people want the fine line little feather and you got the little single needles, you want to do that shit. And you you want to do, do a it. portrait the size of a quarter and you could do it. <laughs> yeah, I don't care. In the person, they tell them this might be a blob in twenty. I don't care. Put it on. I want the I, it's five years of that portrait's enough for me. Then yeah. Ben, ben Gr- I'm thinking of Ben. I always think of Ben Grillo. Yeah, that's all. All my tattoos oh you got a lot of grillo oh i'm mostly this stuff's ben. so dope i'm mostly ben oh he i love that guy's work he's so dope he's a good person and he's a good person totally and point being i just don't like the judgment you know yeah. unless there is abhorrent rules being broken and then i'm the guy like yeah that's fucked up don't do that but it's more about what do you want what's going to make you happy oh you want to do a a little tiny thing on your finger it might blur out i don't give a fuck you don't give a fuck let's go and i think he gets like the most like trash talking for that too where he's like hey look at this seven years from now like it's still there you know they some of them if you do it right i mean there yeah. is a i'll show map. you mine when we're done <laughs> you got some micro i got on the knuckles? All my hands my knuckles uh, i can yeah, see him i got there. it all i gotta get closer yeah my yeah, eyes i have my glasses yeah. oh we're, 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 we're like 
By the way, everybody, we're separated by like like, 20 (laughs) feet right now. I'm not that blind. (laughs) We're not at a table. (laughs) No, we're not. This isn't a studio. Um, I would love to check this out. Yeah, I'll show you. I have a huge amount of respect for his work. Love his work. It's something I, I'm not saying I couldn't do it, but I would never even try. I mean, you you spend a lot of years figuring out that stuff. But I mean, the same goes for what, what you do. Like... Uh, yes and like it's, it's a whole and then you got these guys like uh bill canalis that do these the, the, yeah. the more traditional japanese which i think is would you say that is i personally would call bill uh neo traditional oh really yeah see and that's like someone progressive I, traditional. that's someone i think i would potentially go to for my back i'm scared shitless. bill canales did my back bill canales oh, really? did my front he's a good friend of mine i'm like scared bill. shitless to get my back done I just can't. I'm like not ready to lay down and put the pain down. Mm. Bill, yeah. Bill did yours. Can I? I have to see yours after now. Yeah, because I he is, and my front. He's someone I think I want to do. We worked together at Avalon for oh, really I don't know five oh, six years. Shit. See, Avalon was I, a thing. Is people don't realize Avalon was a seed to the San Diego tattoo. I came out of Avalon. Bill came out of Avalon. Rob Benavides came out of Avalon. Of course, Fip branched off, did Avalon too. Mm-hmm. Randy Jantz came out of Avalon. Um, who am I missing? This is going to, I don't want to miss anybody. Sorry, guys. Um, it's hard to remember people. <laughs> Juan Puente, Blackheart, San Francisco, out of Avalon. Uh, but Avalon, 20... Uh, 20 years ago and a six year or 10 years be, before that was mm-hmm. the most, you know, it spawned all the, a lot of the greats S- who have since gone off and opened all their own, own shops and are doing their own thing. Now I'm learning so much right now. This is great. Yeah. It's that's San, pretty cool. It's San Diego. Tattoo that's pretty history. fucking cool. It and is. I got tattooed there. Yeah. <laughs> and I want Bill to do my back and I, you're tattooed by Bill. That's crazy. Yeah. It's, I it's, had no idea. Small world in certain ways. But yeah, what, what you do is like, yeah, fucking crazy thank you thank you um yeah do you and again i'm I'm trying not to i'm trying to stay away from the shit talking but it's hard not to because it's like i see it and i get bummed or weirded out by it sometimes too but uh like with what you do i feel like i see a lot of guys coming in to that type of tattooing now maybe it's the neo-traditional i don't really know i don't know what to call it but either way i see them like using like apps on the ipad and using like procreate and those type apps to to kind of like perfect an image and and not draw it out themselves and put it onto an image and then blow it up and throw it on an arm and then create the stencil from that like is that something that you look at and you're like totally fine with or are you like looking at the because i look at it as if it's like something i could do i can use photoshop and and create an image and then give it to someone to outline is that because you've been doing what you've been doing for a long time and you didn't have those apps right do you look at that and kind of look be like what the fuck (laughs) that's a great question it's it's hard that's a a great question and that is something that we i've thought about a lot and my short answer is i fucking love the ipad Okay. I mean, I like, I draw on it. I, I have an iPad sitting over there and I legit will take like, say I found a, some, something I like, I want to get a pheasant tattooed. I'm, I'm going to get a, a pheasant tattooed and I'll, I'll throw the pheasant down and I draw the pheasant by myself and I trace it. I enjoy doing it. It's, it's calming. That fucking Apple pen is amazing. So good. It's amazing. Like the, what it can do and how many things you can do so within one moment. I think it's great, but there's that 
same as the coil all that bullshit it, i can it, break this down yes okay the ipad is fucking fantastic it is a tool that can make you as a tattoo artist better than what you were before mm-hmm. now is it necessary no can you become better without it yes but it's gonna most likely speed up the progress of any tattoo artist but like any tool it can be abused okay before the ipad i mean i had to fire a guy out of my shop he was tracing tattoos out of other guys portfolios yeah exactly you could do the same shit with tracing paper you can go through the magazines and find the cutting edge tattoo could, yeah. trace it with tracing paper xerox it on a xerox or color it in with color pencil show it to the client it would take a lot more work but now you got to Go- be a shithead google or instagram it's you, you could be a shithead faster now yeah but people who are not are doing that kind of shit it, i've yet to see it pay off for anyone because their work never shines forward with an originality that makes sense and a flavor that the real badasses are putting out you're just catching the echo of yesterday's news yeah. And how are you ever going to become something great by doing that? So it's a, it's a dead man's recipe. And if you want to fucking do it, I'm not the art police and go for it. I believe in karma. I, things work out. You want to put your back into it. Be honest. It's probably going to work out. You got the right creativity and you've got the right idea. And that's the other thing about it is you'll get the image. Yeah. You can create the image. Anybody can go on an iPad and trace something and, partially colored in and, and there and you can say look what i drew but then put that on skin and where do you put it how do you compose it and can you tattoo it well mm-hmm. so there's the technical aspect so so many other aspects fall into place that i've never seen uh someone that's leaning that hard on cheating through an ipad ever win and actually succeeding yeah even the guys that are doing like now you've got the black work guys that are doing the mandalas and these things and these things are and I love this work, by the way. I have a few people at my shop that do it, and they do it in a creative, innovative way. But it's, you look if you just took it at its basic level, you're like, oh, a mandala on Google. I trace it. I make a stencil. I put it on someone's arm. It looks good, though. It does look, and you can do that. And you, but you, and you could do that for a few years. But you are not going to e- evolve into a cutting edge guy that's doing that type of work because the guy that's going to find the next level of that work isn't just tracing mandalas off Google. He's creating his own mandalas. He's slicing them in half, creating snakes that go up to the middle of them. He's finding a way to put it on half the shoulder and the other half's on the hip, but they echo each other from the shoulder to the hip. This is the type of innovation that's always going to be necessary to become a great. And the iPad's a great tool to get you there fast and efficiently. But if you're going to sit there and think that you can cheat your way through it and just fucking use the iPad to download google images and become the next great tattooer you're not or you could find a some low-level shop somewhere where you'll make a living for the rest of your life maybe those are two different goals and i'm fine with either to mm-hmm. be honest um i'm just not interested in the first one i'm more interested in the second one it's a good a good uh i always look at like from that like just seeing people talk shit and not viewing it in the way you uh, described it and it, it does I mean you could look at it the same way as I went and got something off the wall like that guy didn't draw that piece off the wall we picked it he put it on me and I still fuck I love it and some traditional guy who's telling you you got to pick something off the wall is telling you not to use an iPad yeah exactly there's kind of a hype you know, it's a, just different hypocritic 
thing going on there. Uh-huh. But love to both. I mean, yeah. find your lane and, and just, hey, find your lane and be authentic. Mm-hmm. If it's an iPad, then fucking open up your iPad and create rad art. Do it. And if it's a traditional artist who grabs a piece of tracing paper and sketches it, then great and create something unique and original and rad. Either path is fine. But if you're going to be the little guy in the corner just ripping shit, thinking you're going to get there, it never plays out. Yeah. Yeah. That was, yeah. Your show. Uh, chats, wanna... by the way, everybody listening. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, Chats and Tats with Aaron Della Vadova. I mean, on Instagram, it's at chats c-h-a-t-s tat <laughs> chats no. and tats chats and t-a-t-t-s yeah. look at me i'm like <laughs> trying to figure out the name of my own show yeah. anyways uh if you guys follow me on guru tattoo instagram or my instagram there'll be plenty of announcements coming out mm-hmm. we're in what we're in october we're filming through the end of the year well we won't be releasing anything till january there'll be plenty of we haven't even started smearing yeah, yeah. Or, you know everything out there yet. I mean, but your studio looks awesome. It looks great. Oh, you saw it. I saw it. Yeah, on, on Instagram. Thank you. That was great. its own. And if you need someone for a, a trial run, oh, dude. see how it goes. We're done. I'm all about it. This vibe was so good. Yeah, we're doing it. Yeah, it would be, it would be a lot of fun. It would be. And a lot I have of fun. like, I'm sure I have room somewhere. That's oh. that's where I was like, I wonder, like, I can see about 19 or... spots. <laughs> And by the way, people out there are like, oh, I want to go on Aaron's show, but I don't want to get a fucking full body. Right. I'm not doing full body suits on this that's, show. That's what I was trying to bring up is you're going to do smaller tattoos. Oh, yeah. too. I'll yeah. do, I, I still, I'll do a shark's tooth on your titty. Yeah. I mean, I don't, whatever, you know, yeah. it's, it's more about the conversation and the experience on the show than it is about let's uh, kick off a fucking giant project. Yeah. Know? And I have a, uh, this guy that tattooed me here, his name's, uh, uh, Drew Wilson, I want to say is his last name. I always forget because his Instagram is Drewler, and that's how I always think of him in my head. And I met him in Montana, and uh, we were on our way up to that festival that you guys were tattooing at. Actually, oh, were you there when I was there? I was there, yeah. Oh shit! I mean, I'd, I'd stopped in the little Guru tattoo, like whatever they called it, whatever they had the there. The tattoo uh, saloon. The saloon. the saloon. the saloon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, we were there for the show, and yeah, uh, we we me and my buddy drove up, and we fished the whole way up, and then fished while we were yeah. up there, and. Uh, we were fish with my uncle and did a float with my uncle. And while we were there in Bozeman, cause we stayed in Bozeman with my uncle nice. that same night I had, we had hit up this guy and he was traveling. All he does is fish tattoos. Like he, he's just in the scene for, and he is so knowledgeable when it comes to fly fishing. Like, Oh, how cool meeting him and doing that. Like he, to but get a fish tattoo from a real fly fisherman. He, yeah. And, and he, it's funny cause he is like most of his guys that get tattooed are like, they haven't really been tattooed, but they see his work and go, Oh, now I can finally get a tattoo that I like. That's, but he's, he's such a cool dude. And he actually has a show where he does, uh, on YouTube where he goes and fishes with someone and then they, you know, he's talking to him. He usually knows the guy at some way, but they fish and whatever they fish, like either if you catch this fish, then you can get it tattooed on you. If you don't, then whatever you catch, you get like someone got a rock and some, some leaves because that's all they got you know so he did a rock and leaves yeah or like if you don't catch anything then you have to get a squirmy wormy which is like a fly uh like in the fly fishing world it's like the the most frowned upon 
tool of fishing because it's just a worm, you know. Like, right, right. and now no one, I love it. I would get that in a second, but they, most people are like, most like, fly fishermen are like, fuck the squirmy wormy, you know. That's what happened so to me. One, some guy had to get a squirmy wormy, <laughs> and it's just a dude, we, super cool concept. Let's talk later. I want to connect with that guy. Oh, we have too many things in common. Tattooing Montana, which I oh, live yeah. part of my year up there, and uh, the, this idea for a show. We, we got to do he a has cross. A great, I would love done. to know this dude yeah. for sure. But yeah, the same concept is is awesome. And I think what you're doing is, is very similar and super cool. Well, thank you. And yeah. uh, and yes, we will do it on my end next time. And uh, yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, man. Thanks, thanks, for, thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me, Chase. Bring the whiskey And I'll bring the pot You bring the papers And I'll Shots. It's so good to have good company for all the fucked up habits that I got.